0: This episode of HR Rescue is sponsored by MBI Worldwide. MBI Worldwide provides compliant employment screening and safe hiring management solutions. Excellent customer service, integrity, accuracy, integration with existing HR software platforms, secure online account access, and a wide range of products and competitive pricing to find why MBI Worldwide believes that good screening is smart business. Each day, we get hundreds of questions from our clients and other small and mid sized business owners about some of the most common HR issues. We figured if they have those questions, you might too. Let's provide a lifeline and share our answers to some of the most common scenarios. This is HR Rescue with your host, Jenny Stone. Here
1: we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Rescue. I'm your host, Jenny Stone. This podcast addresses some of the most common HR issues within every small business, and whether you're a newly certified HR professional, business owner, or office manager, the simple tips, tricks, and insights that we share can help you keep your business in compliance and help prevent a minor issue from becoming a serious problem. This week, we are honored to have as our guest, Lonnie West. Lonnie is a Principal Systems Engineer at Bosch & Lam and freelance webmaster, media production, and website security guru. He supports HR Shield and our other divisions with all things tech. He's a technology geek, automation junkie, and avid writer. Welcome, Lonnie. We are thrilled to have you on this week's episode of HR Rescue.
0: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here.
1: Wonderful. The reason for this uh this week's uh, episode is I wanted to talk a little bit about um, website design, security and maintenance, and the importance of strong managed passwords. So just to give you a a scenario, let's uh, say that I am a small business and I am looking to launch a website. What is some advice that you would give me?
0: Well, I guess I would start with the fact that, you know, there's, there's multiple parts that actually make up a website. It's not just I'm going to flip a switch and there's a website. There's, there's four pieces to it. So the first part is uh, domain registration, which is the domain name that everybody knows. And this is a name you actually rent, you don't own. So you renew it every year. So that's the first piece. That's similar in real life to registering a business name. So the next question is, where do I do my business? And that's when you start looking for a hosting company. A hosting company is the place that allows you to actually run your website from. So when somebody is looking for your website, it actually physically goes to host somewhere. This is a fee you pay to a company either monthly or annually, depending on your contract. Now that you have your domain name, you have your host, you also have your content management system. And this is the software that runs on the host that actually makes your website appear. and This could be WordPress, which is a very common one, uh, Joomla, Drupal, there's a bunch of different CMSs, depending on the type of website. And then, of course, the content itself. So there's several pieces that have to happen. So the first bit of advice is choose your domain name wisely. And this is something that will be, you know, it'll fit your business, your brand, your product. And if you're fortunate enough that you can register your domain name to match those, you're great. But a lot of times you'll find that you can't get the domain name that you want. Your business name will be registered, but you'll find somebody else has a domain name. So you're trying to find something that will fit that without getting too long. Uh, My best advice is keep it short. This is eventually going to be an email address, and you wouldn't want something that's phenomenally long, like you know, Jefferson.loudermilk at loudermilk brandford shipping and logistics.com because no one's ever going to remember it, and trying to type it down as an email is going to be terrible. So if you can't get one that matches your brand, then think short. Short and memorable. That's kind of the best way to go. And when you're looking at domain names, also try to avoid anything that may have inappropriate connotations or spelled out, may spell something else. Uh, that's another thing when you're registering a domain name to, to be careful of. So once you have your domain name registered, then it's a matter of trying to find a host. And this is a question of, do you have a website developer you trust, or are you trying to do it yourself without really knowing anything about doing a website? So. Your choices are really one of two venues. Um, go to a place like GoDaddy or one of one that have like an all-in-one suite for people that really don't understand websites and allows you to build them yourselves or get a basic website hosting company and somebody that you can trust to put your stuff out there. There's different expenses with each one. So, so you have to understand what your needs are as a business. How much traffic do you think you're gonna have coming to your website? How secure is it? a lot of your really cheap websites, you know, that you'll see advertised all over the place for, you know, you can get a website for $4 a month means you're on a shared host, which means your website is actually sitting on the same physical server as possibly a hundred other websites that you don't know what they're doing. And if any one of those are hacked or they have a bad reputation, it will also pull your reputation down as well. So understand you know, your host do, you know, shop around and try to find a a host that's got a good reputation. And, you know, if you do have a secure website, it's worth paying extra to have your website on its own server.
1: So how, what would you speak to? Like, for instance, if I were to choose one of those simple websites or, or, um, you know, something along those lines and not thinking about my company's growth? Because obviously the needs are going to change. So how would you speak to that? So perhaps right now I'm not taking payments by my website, but at some point that may be something I want to do. How would you speak to that?
0: As far as like what what would I set up today? Right. It? You know, if if you have a a basic enough understanding of of building a website, then go start up a economy plan at GoDaddy or One and One. Uh, you can set up a website and just use a simple WordPress site, uh, which is easy enough to install. I think most people today are very familiar with logging in and uh, you know writing content. Um, and, and WordPress is a is a great starter venue for that. Now, as your business grows, you may eventually outgrow the capabilities of a WordPress type site. And that's when, you know, you start looking at larger systems. But for most small companies, that's a good starting spot.
1: Now, what about this uh, HTTPS that's uh, started happening where websites are needing to convert um, to, to be more secure? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, there's been a growing move to get away from uh, HTTP to HTTPS, and the S just means it's a more secure protocol. Banks have been using it for years, um, but what it essentially means, when you connect to a site that has HTTPS, the channel of communications between your computer and that server are encrypted which gives both you and your clients peace of mind that uh, there's no hackers in between that are going to be pulling any password or sensitive information. That's been in place for a long time. However, in the last year, there has been a big push on all the search providers, and particularly Google, um, that they're starting to give preference and ranking to people that have HTTPS. So what's happening is your older sites that don't have a, a secure certificate are starting to fall lower in the rankings and this will continue to get worse over time because eventually the the idea is to get rid of all the older ones and everything being secure.
1: So what do I do? What do I do if that's if I have http how do, what do I what changes do I need to do?
0: This is a very messy field right now because there's uh uh if you look at your hosting provider, more likely than not they will say you need to pay to upgrade. For most hosting providers, you don't actually need to pay to upgrade. Um, anybody that's on a standard cPanel-type interface, they actually have open certificates because they're trying to move people to a secure platform that you don't have to pay for. So do some due diligence and research. Um, if your hosting provider tells you that the only way you can do this is to pay for an upgrade to a paid certificate, question that and maybe look at another provider because this is a free option that's provided at a very base level. Now, if you're doing financial transactions, there are different levels of security. There's actually, I believe, four different levels of security, and each one requires a little bit more investigation. Um, if you're a bank, for example, I'll use the most extreme uh, case, Those uh, type of certificates, they do cost a lot of money, but the agencies will also contact you in person. They will follow up that you own the domain, you own the business, you are a registered manager of the business, you are the person on the end of these phone numbers, so that way when they give you the certificate, that tells the person visiting your site that yeah, You are going to the place you intended to. For most small sites, the free certificate's fine. If you're doing financial transactions, then yes, it's worth upgrading to a paid certificate.
1: Okay. So uh, Lonnie, I understand you have a, a little story you can tell us about a uh, a hacked website uh, that uh, you had to, to deal with and, and resolve. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Uh, I won't mention the website name because they are still a current client. However, a couple years ago, we noticed that some things started changing on the front page um, and it didn't seem major at the time, but something was going on. We went in and realized, yes, the site had been hacked, and we really didn't understand what was going on, but a basic cleanup was done. The site functionality was returned to normal. And after watching the traffic, we realized that there was a backdoor put in the website. The owner of the website didn't really understand why would my website be hacked, because they weren't a big company. There wasn't really anything of value on the website at all, so to be the target of a hack didn't make sense. Uh, so we ended up monitoring that. Uh, we removed all the, the backdoor codes, but we did leave a, a logger in there so we could see what was going on. And interestingly enough, when the midterm elections came around this last season, there was this tremendous uptick in traffic trying to go to the backdoors and all the hacks that were put in place. And we realized after we profiled it that that website was actually in part of a much larger botnet. And the botnet is basically hundreds of thousands to millions of computers, website servers, home PCs that have been infected with remote access code. And this allows people that have control of that network to go in and activate them to send out spam, uh, send out emails, uh, do all kinds of of things. And this case was a driving a lot of politically motivated content prior to the election. So uh, we actually graphed out the amount of traffic going into that leading up to a um, midterm election day. And that day we were having thousands of hits trying to get in there and activate code on that site. So, you know, maintaining security on your website is important.
1: So speaking to that, um, I know that you've developed some best practices uh, for general security. So um, I've got a a few of them listed here. So let's uh, start off with talking about uh, passwords. Um, I know you had said uh, both complex and unique. So if you could talk to us a little bit about that.
0: People hate passwords because we all understand the need for a complex password, yet we don't remember complex passwords. So we will do things like, you know, our kid's name and their birth year, uh, the name of our puppy and our street address, you know, things that we think that no one would understand and are, for hackers, the easiest things to find out. I mean, it's easy for a hacker to go and look you up online and find out a lot of basic information about you, and they just plug this into... um, systems that will just run different permutations of the information they have about you and can very easily crack your passwords. So when we say complex passwords, we're talking about a combination of uppercase, lowercase numbers and some symbols in no particular order, something that doesn't mean anything to anybody. You know, and there's a lot of good techniques for doing that, like uh, one is to to take a sentence that means something to you and take the first letter of, you know, each word in the sentence and that becomes your password. Or use um, numbers that look like letters, like you know, uh, three is equal to E, or four is H, or you know, five is S. You know, and you know you can make passwords by kind of replacing letters like that, so you end up with something that's kind of complex but easily remembered by you. So complex passwords, the very first thing that you, you really need to take care of. The next one is don't use the same password on multiple websites. I did that
1: for a while there.
0: (laughs) I did too. I I mean, uh, 10 years ago, I had, I I think, three different passwords. You know, I had the common passwords for all my emails and websites and all that stuff. I had one for banking, which was my, my gold standard. And then I had another one that was just for work stuff. The problem with common passwords is that when you're hacked, most hackers know that most people will reuse their passwords. This is why, you know, when your smaller website is hacked and they get information about you, your employees, and your clients, and they find out what those passwords are, they have a better than 50-50 chance of knowing that those passwords will work on sites that you're connected to. So, you know, your small site may very well be a bait fish for them going higher up the food chain. And now that they've got information about you and your employees, they will use that to kind of start looking at higher places. So don't reuse the passwords.
1: Okay. And what about password management?
0: Absolutely critical these days. Um there's there's all kinds of different password managers out there. I use one called LastPass. Uh there's KeePass. There's, there's a, quite a number of them. Uh it's a database that allows you to put in your website addresses, all your unique passwords, organize them in a way that you can you can take care of them. And of course, That database is password protected by, hopefully, your most complex, unguessable password. Mm -hmm. This is the only way you're going to be able to do it. I mean, personally, I have hundreds of websites that I have access to, and each one has a unique password. And there's no way I could remember it. I mean, you'd think, oh, I'll put it in a Word document or a text document, or I used to use Excel, um, Mm -hmm. which sounds great until your computer gets compromised and somebody else has a copy of that file. Right. You definitely want to use a password management program.
1: Yeah, we. we I, I know someone who uses an Excel spreadsheet uh, for for their passwords, but uh, and thinking it's safe because it's on Dropbox, right? So, um, but you know, once your computer is you know accessed or whatever the case may be, it's easy enough to find those things. Um, any other best practices you wish wish to share with us uh, regarding general security as far as website?
0: You know, that that's a starter point. I think if we all were at that point, the rest of them would be much less meaningful. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the big ones that are still a problem today. Without spending another hour's worth of time going into any deeper context, I I think this is probably a good starting point for anybody.
1: So, um, thank you very much for your time today, Lonnie, and sharing uh, this information with us. Are there any last words of advice that you would give our business owners who either a are, are getting ready to to launch their own website, or or b know that they've got to make some of these changes? Any other advice you would give them?
0: Don't go into things blindly. It, it's very easy to simplify what a website is and what it's there for. Um, you know, as uh, you know, if, you, if you're not a web person, it's very easy to think, oh, I'll put my website out there. There are so many challenges and there's so many risks now, not only to just the data you're putting out there and keeping your website protected and secure and updated. And that's a whole other thing. But also the information that you put out there is also um, very risky these days. You have to understand what is appropriate to put on a public website for a company and what isn't. So, you know, if if you're not comfortable making those decisions, you don't understand the rules involved, then definitely engage with an organization or people that do to help you. This is going to, again, just get more complex as the years go by and the, and the rules get tighter.
1: Oh, maybe this is only part one and we'll have to interview you again. Could be. (laughs) All right. Well, as always, everyone, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and listen to us every week. You can always email us for more information at support at hr-shield.com. Or uh, you can enable our Alexa skill and ask your questions there. So just say, Alexa, enable HR Shield. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the HR Rescue Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The HR Rescue Podcast is made possible by HR Shield, the Firm Consulting Group of Tampa, and your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go. This podcast was recorded in Tampa, Florida, and Greenville, South Carolina, and was produced by Lonnie West at LRW Media Studios. Find us in your favorite podcast app or online at hr-rescue.com.